0: This is Michael Merrickle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at Let's letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com and swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com That's iwork4him.com And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work for Him today. However, you're listening to our show today, whether you're listening to it today, or maybe you're a day into the future, thank you for tuning in to I Work for Him. Thanks for being part of the I Work for Him Nation. And if you haven't had a chance to join the I Work for Him Nation, go out to iworkforhim.com and click on the I Work for Him Nation flag. Consider making that commitment to be a game changer in your workplace. And it all starts with praying for those that you work alongside by name each and every day. When we start to pray for those people that we work with, it changes lives. And guess what? It starts with your own life. It's amazing being in a seat broadcasting across the country. But I got to tell you, it's humbling as I get emails from people who are struggling in their workplace. And they're struggling with, hey, what is? how does my work really matter? But I got to tell you this. Your work does matter. Your work is incredible. God gave you that unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities. And he put them into you. And he gave you your workplace. And he wants you to know your workplace is your mission field. And in that mission field, you are me, we may be the only Jesus our co-workers and employees may ever meet. That job that you hold, the place that you work, it's not by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus, and you may be their only chance. You know, we all, none of us really think about that day. That, that day. Are you ready for that day? The day when you'll stand before Christ. The day when all that you've done in your life as a Christ follower will be looked at. The judgment seat of Christ, I don't know that I've ever heard a, a sermon about it, certainly not in the last 20 or 30 years, but what do you really know about it? We hardly ever talk about it at church. This, this Sometimes you've heard about it, maybe it's referred to as the Bema judgment seat. However you've heard about it, whether you've heard about it or not heard about it, today you're going to hear about it. That day, when our deeds will be measured and our jewels will be placed in our crown, the day when everyone will see the things we did and didn't do. The day we long to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sorry, I went King James on you there for a second. Are you ready for that day? Have you even thought about it? Today, we've got Aaron Pina. He's from Seasonal Life Ministries, and he's going to talk about that day. His performance that he does. He goes into into churches, he goes into organizations and he presents that day. It's an hour and a half long performance that is a unique approach to helping us understand that day. And today we're going to interview Aaron and several of the characters in that performance. Aaron Pina, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks for having me on on board, Jim. You know, ever since we met a little over six months ago, we've been talking about doing this, and I know it was a little out of the box when you talk about not just interviewing the guy that does the work, but the characters that he does the work with. And so I I know that it's a a challenge today, but I'm excited for people to hear about that day. Because as I—well, let's just read it from 2 Corinthians 5.10. Paul gives the Corinthian church an illustration of the beam at judgment seat for we all must Paul goes on to say for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad Aaron as you look at I work for him and as you got to meet Martha and I those six plus months ago how does the I work for him message resonate with you? Well, Jim, I just love the fact that,
1: you know, you, you have grabbed onto, and most of the people in your listening audience have grabbed onto the fact that the only reason that they have a job is because it was God's idea before it was their idea. It was God's idea before it was their hiring manager's idea. It was God's idea before it became their business if they're an entrepreneur and they run the business. And so I just love the fact that people realize that wherever they are, whether it's, you know, in full-time vocational ministry as missionaries like my wife and I are, whether they're on full-time staff at a church or whether they work on the sixth floor in human resources, that is their ministry. That's their platform. And I just love the fact that that you get that, and you help people to figure out what their place is in God's bigger picture.
0: It's amazing. I got an email over the uh, last week while I was uh, uh, on a little bit of a a hiatus, and I got an email from a guy as a landscaper. He goes, Jim, I'm taking this I Work for Nation Challenge seriously, and I'm praying for those people, but it's hard. And and it's and it's a hard life, and believe me, being a landscaper here in Florida, <laughs> that's a hard work because Amen. you know it's hot, it's hot here, and it's you know it's hot here almost every day, uh, and so it's not like up north where you get days where it's fifty and you get to landscape. We get like four of those days, and, and he goes, it, it's it's hot, it's hard, and I'm and I'm just walking with Jesus, but this is just pray for me. He says, just pray for me. And I sure. said, absolutely. I'll pray for you. All right, so let's let's talk about this that day drama. I'm not sure how, how you really describe it. I call it a performance, you could call it a drama, but what prompted you to develop this that day show?
1: Well, I needed something to soak up about 3 or 400 hours of non-billable time and a project that would really wreck my theology in the very best way possible. <laughs> oh, good.
0: Sarcasm always works great. We love sarcasm. Okay. It's
1: my spiritual gift. No, uh, honestly, it is uh, not
0: a spiritual gift.
1: <laughs> so so, so there's a guy named Tim Stevenson who wrote a book years ago, back in about 2000, he wrote a book called The Bema, a story about the judgment seat of Christ. He gave the book to his pastor, and his pastor dramatized it as a two-week sermon message. And... Uh, Audio was made of that, video was made of that, and a mentor of mine handed me a DVD of this message about the Bama Seed. About tells a story about a guy named Dan Matthewson. And he asked me to consider performing it for about 50 couples, uh, as part of a men's group that he leads on Friday mornings. He said, listen, we've got, we know the owner of the restaurant, he's willing to close the place down for a Sunday night, and we want you to do a dinner theater style production. So I looked at it, um, at the time, Jim, I was, ridiculously overcommitted. We had a a 12-year-old daughter who was uh, really showing full-on signs of being a real-life teenager. Uh, We had an 18-month-old toddler, and my wife was really pregnant with twins. And so... um, I decided that um I would look at this DVD and figure out if this was the right project for me to work on. And my mentor kept asking me, did you watch the DVD? Did you watch the DVD? And me being overcommitted said, sure, I, I'll watch it really soon. And eventually I just had to get him off my back, and I figured I'd make my wife be the, the bad guy. And we would watch it, and she would look at it and say, no, nah, babe, you're totally overcommitted. Don't worry about it. And I'd say, yeah, huh? my wife told me I'm overcommitted. I can't do it. But instead, uh, she kept leaning in and sitting up and elbowing me and looking at it and going, Babe, you need to do this. <laughs> and uh, and so the more we watch the story, the more we engaged with the biblical truth that you and I and everybody who's ever been and ever will be is going to come before Jesus in one way or the other, either as judge, jury, and executioner or as Savior, Redeemer, and rewarder of the faithful, I just we just continue to look at that story and go, Oh, my goodness, this is... This is a game changer. We haven't been paying attention to this at all. So we, we, uh, we just worked on it and rewrote the script and tightened it up, and, and I've been performing it off and on ever since.
0: So what is that day? all about i mean describe it a little bit more we've kind of hinted at it. we're talking about the bema judgment seat and you keep saying the bema judgment seat one of the two of us is right uh, it's b-e-m-a but we oh, greek to me man
2: it, it is sure. uh,
0: right and my greek is really rough I, I you know i like tzatziki sauce and i like we'll euros, out, euros that's all and i like a, yeah i like a little baklava that's that that's my greek i you like bet. the dressing too okay but seriously how what is that day well about. that
1: day is basically it's a one man uh, when I say one man show it's kind of hard for people to wrap their head around that they either think it's going to be uh you know Jeff Foxworthy doing a stand up or it's going to be a song and dance and it's actually neither of those.
3: Yeah, that's for it, sure. It's
1: more a more a storyteller's kind of thing where I I get out there and 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 we just kind of cast a vision of hey we're at a funeral uh and and this guy comes up to to eulogize the guy who 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 passed and his name is Dan. He just introduces himself to the crowd and tells them the story. And as he's telling the story, he introduces them to the many interruptions he has in his day. He introduces them to, you know, one character and another character. And, and I just kind of go in and out of voices and, and tell the story of the most important day of his career. Uh, or at least he thinks it's the most important day of his life, but it really turns out to be the most important day in all of our lives, which is the day that we come before Christ as believers to receive rewards uh, at the judgment seat, like you quoted from, from 2 Corinthians.
0: So what kind of audiences have you been on the performance in front of?
1: Wow. Um, yeah, As I as, as first, uh, we, it was originally for a men's Bible study called One Thing for Men. We have about to, uh, 80 to 100 guys that meet on Friday mornings. Uh, and, and we did this as a dinner theater in two acts with a little dinner during inter- a little conversation dinner during intermission. Uh, but we've done it at churches, at high schools. We've done it as a dessert and decaf event for couples, kind of a date night. We did it last year at an outdoor revival just outside of D.C. on a Civil War battlefield. We've done it at, at churches as a standalone event, as a Sunday service, as part of a workshop process for churches that are into like you know lining up vision, strategy, and execution. So a really wide, wide variety of events.
0: All right, so. I want to start off. You said that the main character in your performances, Daniel Scott Matthewson. Why don't you describe who he is, and and then then we'll bring him on the show. Sure. Well, Dan's. uh, I mean, Dan's kind
1: of a results-oriented guy. He's a sales guy. Uh, He's a man's man, and he knows Jesus, but he knows his place in the body of Christ. He understands his. uh, He understands his gifting, and uh, he tries to do everything he can to to really serve in his church, but also because he's an earner, he sees himself as a giver. And uh, he tries to use as much of the resources he has to fund God's work in, you know, locally and, and across the world. And he's got a heart for
0: missions. All right, so Daniel Scott Matthews, and welcome to Our Work for Him. How you doing, Jim? So you know, your LinkedIn profile it's quite extensive. Why don't you tell us about your business expertise, Daniel?
1: Yeah, well, you know, after my uh, MBA, I signed on with the uh, small consulting firm selling customized ERP and logistics software for mid-to-large companies, and uh, my boss, John michel taught me just about everything I knew. You know, uh, I discovered I was really good at selling software, at least uh, <laughs> that's what the numbers say about me, and uh, helped uh, Michelin Associates go from a small business to a few hundred million in annual revenue, and then I got picked up uh, with a very nice offer from a little more specialized firm called Hogan, Jeter & White, where I was rather gainfully employed
0: up until uh, that day. And let's talk about that day. On that day, you were working on a huge proposal. I, yeah. I believe the, the account was called the Wiederman. But was, you, Wiederman was the name. What, tell us about that deal. What was that deal all about?
1: Well, uh, Wiederman Worldwide is a pretty big operation. Um, I was at a charity golf tournament about a year ago, and I found myself in a foursome with Henry Wiederman himself, the founder and CEO of Wiederman Worldwide. Uh, you know, it, which. Had a little conversation. It turns out he teased my dream prospect. You know, he uh, made me a verbal offer right there on the spot to try out our uh, software in his Atlanta office. Said if the trial run went well, we'd roll out the remainder of his offices, 14 of them, in eight different countries across six time zones. Biggest deal in our company's history. All my hard work finally paid off.
0: But in the middle, that, but that, the way that day started off for you, it, got, it started off a little rough. I mean, you were a little intense in the office, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you got in the office, and you just couldn't seem to get a rhythm, and then things went down from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, if, every day it seems to be like, you know, I, I like to live my life from point A to point B. We get things done, you know, but somewhere between A and B, life happens, and interruptions and distractions, it just, they, they never stop, you know?
0: So, yeah, I understand. They, they do, they, and they keep going. Hey, by the way, we're talking with Daniel Scott Matthewson. He's one of the stars of the performance called That Day, talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Now, Daniel, while you were working on this Wiederman proposal, things were getting really intense, uh, and you went to go for— well, why don't you tell— you, you, because all of a sudden you went from working on your proposal, and things changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they really changed. Um, I—, uh, I I'll just tell you, I've, uh, I've read pretty much every book out there and seen all the movies about you know, near-death experiences, but uh, this was different. This was just different. I, uh, one minute I'm, I'm in my BMW, and the next minute I'm in front of the Bema seat of Christ, standing in the presence of God, angels, these beings swarming around his head, screaming, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I mean, I, I just... I don't have words to describe it for you, Jim. It was, uh, it was
0: pretty intense. Was it scary? Was it unbelievable? I mean, what were the feelings going through your mind?
1: You know, you ever remember having to give a speech in front of your class when you're like eight years old?
0: Absolutely.
1: This was, this was a thousand times more terrifying I mean, God is love and Christ redeemed us and all of that is true, but the dread of having every private thought publicly aired, weighed, and possibly turned into ash, it's pretty high stakes, you know? You really understand what the fear of God is all about.
0: <laughs> and you weren't there alone.
1: No. I mean, every believer, everybody who walked in the footsteps of the faith of our Father Abraham, Romans four twelve. 12, everybody was there standing in front of Christ at the throne. Every believer in history was standing there. One by one, Gabriel, the angel, would call their names, each one, and they'd fly them up to the stage, and Jesus would weigh their life. Every word, every thought, every deed. It was intense.
0: It was amazing. As you stood there, or as you sat there waiting for your name to be called, you know, you you got to watch... You got to watch a lot of people. I mean, because really the judgment seat waits till everybody's there. And then it gets started. I I, I mean, you got to see. I mean, who was the coolest person you got to see go across the stage and, and be called? I mean, did you get to see anybody famous?
1: Oh, yeah. Kings, poets, composers, Billy Graham. I mean, good grief. They were all there. It was incredible. And then I got to see me.
0: So, when they called your name, what did you do?
1: I don't know if we could say that on the air, Jim. I'm uh, pretty sure it's a family show, but it was pretty intense. I, uh, I, 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 I shook, I shuddered. You ever see those, those films of uh, the old nuclear explosions? where you see the flash of light and the explosion and everything, buildings turn into a spray of debris. Well, this was was like that, only without pain. And instead of pain, it was like every awful thing that I had ever done was cleansed out of my body. It was incredible.
0: Mm. It must have been staggering. I mean, it's just been staggering. When they started to show the things that you'd done in the body of Christ... How, how did you fare?
1: Well, let's just say um, I left a lot of rewards on the table, Jim. There were a lot of things that I left undone that I really should have done. A lot of things that I did that I uh, shouldn't have did, <laughs> they cost me pretty dearly. I uh, wound up with a small fortune in heaven. It was designed to be a, a large fortune.
0: When you got when, when you went through that and you saw it and, and was it like a movie screen kind of showing all the things that you'd done or, or was it a big long book uh, that, that they read off I mean how did you picture it
1: well uh, you know the the Bible uses imagery and 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 the imagery that I saw was was almost like we had all stepped into a a three-dimensional iPad on steroids and surround sound. We, we could feel people's lives. We could hear their private thoughts. We could understand what they were going through. And likewise, everybody could understand what I was going through.
0: Ooh, the private thought thing? Not, not a part I'm looking forward to. That, that, no. That, no. No, not good. Okay, so you... Jesus weighed the things that you did, and and some stuff was burned as wood, hay, stubble, and you've got some rewards for things. Some things turned out to be gold, silver, and jewels. How? What, but just even though you didn't get, you were a little disappointed that you saw that you you'd really left a lot, you left a lot on the table. That you really didn't uh, live your life for Christ the way you you planned on. You still got your glorified body though, didn't you?
1: <laughs> and that Jim was the best consolation prize ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. And Otherwise, I... I felt pretty terrible, because when you consider, you know, imagine discovering that you wasted years and years and hours of your life doing things that were insignificant, because God essentially tells you at the end of your judgment that you you were so caught up killing alligators that you forgot he sent you there to drain the swamp.
0: Mm. Wow, I remember a president way back when that said those same things. <laughs> All right, so while you were there, though, while you were waiting for your name to be called, a couple of people that served you went before you. A couple of people that every day were part of your lives, yet they really played a very small part in your life. You kind of, well, talk about these two people. Who are the two people that you got to watch go before you that were part of your life on a daily basis?
1: Well, you know, every day when I get into work, there's, uh, there's a guy there waiting in the basement lobby of our building, named Joe, the shine guy, and, well, I get to see Joe, and I get to see Juanita, my cleaning lady, who's usually my second interruption of the day, and I get to see what they really do behind the scenes and how they serve God in virtually everything that they do. It's kind of a gut check for me.
0: Well, and, and as you're watching them, these are people that you, well, pardon me for saying it, but you really blew them off. I mean, as you described, you know, that during the that day, uh on that day you described how Joe was really an interruption as he's trying to talk to you about Jesus as you're walking in and then uh when you uh you got up to your office you had, you're working on the Weiderman deal and Juanita interrupts you and tells you oh, what a great family I mean these are people that you kind of you didn't treat them real well
1: yeah yeah I uh I think I got a little caught up in the caught up in the mission and missed the real mission you know <laughs> happens to everybody, though.
0: I would agree. I would agree. So when you... What, what was it that stuck out to you about when, when Joseph Ray Robinson got his rewards? What stuck out to you about them? This
1: is a guy who uh, who lived his whole life, really, for Jesus. Uh, kind of came upon Christ by accident, and, and here he is just... Shining shoes in, in the building lobby, but ministering to people. He just he understood that God had him there for a reason, and he just did it. He just did it with joy. I mean, I, I would never have been a, a shine, but this guy, he wasn't just a shoeshine. He was a, he was a minister of the Word, you know?
0: And what about Juanita?
1: The words prayer warrior fail to describe her life. I mean, every angel that walked before the throne of God knew the sound of her voice distinctly.
0: Hmm. Today's show on I Work For Him, a little different than you've ever experienced anything on I Work For Him in the past. We are talking today with Aaron Pina. He's got this performance that he does called That Day. And we're not just talking with Aaron about his performance. We're talking with some of the characters from his performance as they lived out their lives within the performance, I, I just, I've seen the entire That Day presentation. And it's coming here to Tampa Bay on the 7th of June. And I wanted you guys to get more ideas about this because as Christ followers, we need to understand what's really going on. And most of us have never heard a sermon about that day, the Judgment Seat of Christ Day. And, and so I brought Aaron on so we could really learn about it because the works that we do, the things that we do in the body... In our workplaces, they really matter. And they're gonna make an impact on how we spend eternity. We still spend eternity with Christ, but whether we spend it enough to I don't know how it works. Whether it's it depends on the jewels, the riches that we're given for our crown. That much I don't know is in you know, what size your apartment gonna be. I have no idea. Whether that's not gonna matter. You're gonna be happy to be there. But I wanted you to get a perspective on the judgment seat of Christ. Aaron, as before we go back to Daniel Scott Matthewson and finish up his story. You're coming to to Tampa Bay to give this performance uh, uh during a lunch. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, actually we're going to um we we really want to influence people the the vision for the the ministry this year for Seasons of Life is we want, to, we want to help 10,000 people to think about living every day with eternity in mind. And we just feel like the best way to get some exposure for this story is to present it to pastors, marketplace ministry leaders, uh, FCA leaders, whatever, sports ministry leaders. Anybody who influences people really would, will benefit from uh, having a look at this story, even if they don't bring us to their group or organization to see it. So what we're going to do is uh, just kind of a, a lunch portion of the story, the, the whole story is about 84 minutes, but we're going to do about a 30-minute kind of abbreviated version for, uh, for all these leaders down at uh, South Tampa Fellowship Church, uh, Davis Islands Campus, on uh, June 7th. We're going to do lunch. We're going to give them part of the performance, and all we're asking the ministry leaders to do for us is to give us their feedback and see what they, tell us what they saw and where this might fit in to their strategic ministry plans. Uh, we just want to give them a, a taste of it. And uh, we're willing to do it the old-fashioned way and bribe them with lunch.
0: Hey, that's great! And lunch is—I always out for a free lunch. I know that Martha will post the link to the event on our Facebook page later on today. But sure. why don't you? What, what is? I mean, seasonoflifeministries.org dot org is your website. seasonoflifeministries.org. dot org. Can they get there to the event from your website?
3: Yeah, they can go to seasons, uh, seasons of life ministries that they
1: want, but, but for info on that day, they just go to thatday.info. Um, if they want to go to the lunch, we made it real simple. Go to lunch.thatday.info, uh, and you can RSVP right there. We definitely need people to RSVP by the end of the day on the 6th, uh, cause we're going to be live in the studio there with you and Martha, right. uh, in Tampa, but we really need to make sure that, uh, the caterers, uh, have a good head count. So we really would love it if people would RSVP now. Uh, that would be a, a huge help as soon as we can get the, the numbers in that would be great.
0: So lunch.thatday.info. Lunch. You bet. dot day dot info. info. Okay. Yep. Now I wanna go back. <clears throat> I wanna go back and talk to Daniel Scott Mathewson. Is he still with you? Yeah. All right. So Daniel, you we were talking right before the break. Uh, about Joseph, Joseph Ray Robinson, who, who shined your shoes, who was your first interruption of the day as you're going into your office right there at Hogan, Jeter and White. And and then Juanita, as you walk into your office on that day, she was, she, you, you just were, all you wanted to do was work in the Wiederman deal and she interrupts you. She interrupts you. So, you know, but why, why do you suppose those people were involved in your life in the first place?
1: yeah I know it's it's kind of a no-brainer when you look at it in hindsight. I mean, really, God put him there to, to influence me and make sure that I'm not going off track. I mean, God surrounds us by people for for a reason. Uh, every one of us is is in the place that we're at or with the people that we're at, because God put him there and put us there. So uh, I know I know God was just trying to get my attention, and, and I was a little bit um, off track.
0: Hey, Daniel, we're going to get back to you in a minute, but I really would like to talk to Joe, Joseph Ray Robinson. Are you there today, Joe? Sure am. So, you know, Mr. Robinson, how long have you been cleaning and shining shoes? i say since before
2: you was a twinkle in your old man's eye. How about that?
0: <laughs> that's a really, really long time. Didn't you ever get tired of doing it? Not at all. Good thing to do, man. You got to do something with your hands, right? Idle hands are devil's work. Yeah, that's for sure. But, but, but you know, what... <laughs> You know, you're, how did your faith impact your work? Talk to me about that.
2: Well, my, my faith is my work, isn't it? I mean, the uh, only reason I had the privilege of shining shoes all day is because shoes don't walk themselves. I always notice they seem to be stuck on people. And people are like shoes. They got souls, stories, and every, some of them stink. <laughs> some of them get all scuffed up. But at the end of the day, they all need to be shined up, cared for, and most important, they need to be saved. Wow. Every one of those people sits in my seat is made by God and they're gonna spend eternity somewhere. The way I see it, the only reason God lets them come into my seat is so I can help them find out where that somewhere is.
0: How often does your faith in Jesus impact your conversation with the people sitting in your shoe shine? Every chance I get. <laughs> so talk to me you about your interactions with Daniel, Matthew, Scott Matthewson. You know, could you describe describe Daniel for us? Mr.
2: Matthews he's, he's a good man. got a good heart sometimes he just gets so caught up in the moment he
0: forgets his purpose you understand well i did i mean it, it seems like you had a bigger heart for him than he had for you
2: well i don't know about that i i believe god's gonna judge hearts and minds so i i just
0: leave it up to him Ah, uh, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad you got that kind of an attitude, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that blew you off and didn't pay attention to you. How how did you pray for Daniel Scott Mathewson? How did you pray for him? Oh, it's easy. I just pray God will keep Mr. Matthewson's eyes
2: open to why we're we all here in the first place. See, Jesus didn't die so we could drive a fancy car and live in a big house. He died so we could spend forever with God in his house. Know what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean. I, I, I appreciate your testimony. I appreciate the fact that you serve people right there in your shoe shining chair, your shoe shining booth. I, I, that that you recognize that that workplace was your mission field. That, that that it's been your mission field for so long. That that's incredible. Well, thank you. All right. Well, Joe Joseph Ray Robinson, thanks for being an I work for Him. Hey, is Juanita there? I'd like to talk to Juanita. James. Juanita, is that you? Yes, it is. All right. Now, Juanita, you serve Daniel Scott Matthewson every day by cleaning his office, and, and and you said during the performance that you prayed for him daily and for him and his family. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, I, I because I can only remember so many things.
3: And when I am in someone's office, I remember who they are, so I remember to pray for them. So I pray for him every time I'm in his office.
0: Well... Did did Mr. Mathewson... I mean, did did he treat you nice? Sometimes. But sometimes
3: he was so busy that he forgot to be kind. But that's okay, because his wife, she was so super nice to me at the company picnic last summer. Oh, she is such a wonderful woman. I love her as Susan.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So why... Why did you keep praying for Daniel and his family? Why did you keep showing him such love when maybe that wasn't always reciprocated?
3: Well, sometimes people get lost in their work and they forget what really matters. Por eso, I like to pray for him that God will open his eyes or put him back, um, put him back on the right path.
0: So, how did you view Juanita? How did you view your? work, your work as an office cleaner, how did you, w- you view your work as a ministry?
3: Oh, yeah, I love to pray, and when I go to my job, there are plenty of people to pray for, and I know I just have a chance to uh, do my work as unto the Lord, and He gave me the chance to pray for everyone who crossed my path.
0: Now, I know that Daniel Scott Matheson really didn't want you in his office cleaning, because he, he, he said that he came in... well. He said he came in early, didn't want to interrupt it. yet you tried to come in earlier so you didn't interrupt him, yet he kept coming in even earlier. How, oh. how hard was that to deal with? Oh, I have to
3: change my clock back every day. I come in early, he come in much earlier. I come in even much earlier. I come in much earlier. He is very hard to keep up with. He is a very early bird.
0: Mm. I want to thank you, though, for praying for him. I just think it's amazing that you recognize that your job as an office cleaner is a ministry, is a is a mission field, and that you're praying for those clients. That's fantastic. I, I just I want to applaud you at that. It, it, that is exactly the I work for him message. I, I, thanks for sharing that.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on this show.
0: All right. Well, I'd like to talk to Daniel again. Daniel, is still there? Still hanging on? Yeah. All right. yeah what can I do for you? Well, sorry, I know you're getting kind of short on time, but I appreciate you just sharing some of your story. And I don't want to, I don't want to give away the end of the play, but as you, or the, the, the performance, but as you, on that day, on that day, you saw your life basically flash before your eyes and you got to see people that you kind of blew off, really get rewarded for their works in Christ. How did that, how did that impact you?
1: Well, let me just say that when you look at life from the, the Bama seat, when you look at it from God's perspective, you realize that as much as some people seem to get in the way of your work, you might be surprised to d- discover that, um,
0: that they are your work. Mm. Wow, that, that's a big one. All right, well, Daniel Scott Matthewson. Matthewson wow, sorry about that. Thanks for being on work for him. I'm going to talk to Aaron now. Hey, how you doing, Jim? I'm doing good. Aaron Pina, that that's it's amazing to be able to hear from the hearts of the people that will be in the performance on that day. As you get to perform that right here in Tampa on the seventh of June at uh, the South Tampa Fellowship Davis Islands campus, I know I didn't want people. I don't want to give it away because I know that there's there's some power at the end when you get to perform that day. You've done it before, lots and lots of different crowds. What's the number one thing you want to make sh- sure this listening audience gets out of your performance of that day?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I think that if people can really wrap their head around the fact that, you know, Lewis Carroll said in in uh, Alice in Wonderland, and this may seem completely off track, but Lewis Carroll basically is quoted as saying, if you haven't chosen a destination then any path will do. And I know that's not exactly how it's written, but that's essentially the story, that if you haven't chosen a destination, any path will do. But I think the reverse is true also, that if we've chosen a path or we understand why we're here and where God has us headed, then it's easier to understand that only one path will do. And it's easier to understand and pick out all of the things that don't matter all the things that are going to burn when we come to the judgment seat of Christ, and get those out of the way. The Scripture tells us in Hebrews that we should lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily entangles. And sin, a lot of times, is really easy to spot. But sometimes it's the hindrances that we don't pay attention to. Sometimes it's the self-inflicted harm of clutter, of overcommitment, of overwhelm, and the things that we kind of bring on ourselves because we're not laser-focused on mission, and we haven't kind of done the Nehemiah thing and just said, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I think if we can help people to sharpen their focus on where they're headed, it's going to impact every day between this day and that
0: day. Well, and when you get that perspective that what you're doing in your life matters. Yeah. And, and and that's really the whole idea behind I work for him. A lot of us have lived our lives in our jobs and we didn't realize that, you know, I've got an insurance background, an IT background. It wasn't in my IT background at the beginning right out of college. Nobody ever told me that my work mattered. I just thought sure. I was earning a paycheck so I could raise money for church and help them build a building and I did some volunteer work. I mean, nobody ever told me that stuff really mattered. Yeah. But when somebody connected the dots for me a decade ago, that it mattered man my whole life changed we've got Aaron Pina on the line today and you can find out more about the that day performance at lunch.thatday.info lunch.thatday.info I wanted to grab your attention as we talked about the judgment seat of Christ Aaron's got a performance that he does that really draws out the life of Daniel Scott Mathewson on that day and it's powerful and Aaron, as you get to the end of that performance, which we didn't talk about it, we didn't give away, the, we didn't give it away. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I want people to go. Uh, sure. I, I want people to see it. I want people to get it in their churches. When you get to the end, what are some of the responses that you get from people?
1: Yeah, there's a really uh, there's a there's a, a few categories of of responses that I get. I mean, obviously, you get sort of the anytime you're on stage for you know thirty to ninety minutes, and it's just one man doing all the voices and all the stuff. You're going to get the sort of you know how do you memorize all those voices and how do you how do you how do you do all that stuff? But the stuff that I really live to hear is kind of the life change stuff. I mean, things like you know the the category of I've been a Christ follower for 20 years, and I've never really thought much at all about eternal rewards, and I need to make a course correction. Or, you know, I've spent a lot of time doing things that were designed to bring me earthly rewards, and I think I've stored up way too much treasure here and not nearly enough in heaven. Uh, But then there's the other category of people who just say, man, I'm so sorry. I came to see the show all by myself. Please tell me when you're doing it next, because I'm going to drag my whole small group along, and I'm going to bring my pastor along, uh, and it's, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that just I love to see, because people get it, you know, people get it. We're not beating anybody over the head. We've, I've seen, um, you know, drama, I've seen live theater where, you know, people kind of get beaten over the head or try they try to scare people into the gospel, but this is just a really... Uh, simple, moving story about people that you can relate to, and, you know, people really relate to Dan, they relate to Juanita, they relate to Gabriel, they relate to, uh, you know, Derek Hogan, they just relate to all of the characters that I get to bring on stage. And even pastors, I have a, you know, one senior church, uh, senior pastor of a Southern Baptist church here in Cummings said, you know what, that day really helped me cultivate a more eternal perspective, and so hearing those kinds of uh, things is just, you know, those, those are the kind of comments that I just go, yeah, we, we really, somehow along the line, God used this story to hit the mark and, and really change somebody's heart and change their direction.
0: Well, and you said it earlier on in the show that you, your goal for this show is that every Christ follower hearing this will start living every day with eternity in mind. And because if we did, we would recognize that this... this well, I'm just going to say it. The stupid stuff that we preoccupy our minds with is Isn't such it? a waste of time. It's just yeah. such a waste of time. Now, you're willing to do this performance, obviously, to get supported to do this performance all over the country, right? I mean, you you Absolutely. won't just do this in Georgia or in Tampa, right? You'll do this anywhere.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we just recently came back from Bristol, Tennessee. We've been to, uh, you know, like I said before, Washington, D.C. We've been all over the Atlanta area and, and the beauty of, of it being a one-man play is I bring the entire cast with me wherever I go.
0: Um, so it's, how many bags do you have to pack though? I mean, do each one of them get their own bag or?
1: No, but we, you know, we have shirts and some other gear that we bring along with us. So, so, but no, we, we, we all really, really have to bring is I have a laptop. There's some sound cues that happen. There's some offstage voice and some, uh, some sound effects that have kind of gone in there and whatnot. Uh, again, nothing cheesy, but really appropriate and really, really, you know, enhances the quality of the performance. And so all I need to bring is my laptop and, uh, we just need a room that can seat a few people and, and a, a microphone, uh, a wireless mic, and, and we're good to go. It's extremely portable, it's extremely turnkey, we've, we've done it in a lot of different places, and uh, it's, it, it is, it's very portable, it's, it's something that we, we hope to bring all over the country if that's where God leads us, or just really drive it deep here in the Atlanta area. Uh, wh- whatever God has for us, we're open to it.
0: When you, and people can look at, season, go to SeasonalLifeMinistries.org to get a hold of you, correct?
1: Yeah, seasons, yeah, plural, seasonsoflifeministries.org. Uh, they can go there. They can go to thatday.info. All of that will bring them back to the Seasons of Life Ministries page for sure. They can go to, uh, they can find Seasons of Life on Facebook. They can find us on Twitter. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think I even have a, a profile for Dan Matthewson on LinkedIn somewhere. So.
0: That's sure. awesome. That's why well, I think I saw it. I I, mean, I yeah. think I saw it. That's pretty awesome. Aaron, there's so many more things I want to ask you, but we'll ask those of you when you come back in the studio with me on the sixth of June. We're looking forward to that, but thank you so much, Aaron Pina from Season of Life Ministries.org. Thanks for being on I Work for Him. Thanks for bringing your cast of characters and the That Day performance. We're looking forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. All right. Hey, I just want to make sure that you understand why we brought Aaron Pina on the air today to talk about that day. You and I live in a time where it's so easy to get caught up in all of the minutia of life that we forget that none of this stuff really matters, that, that all of the stuff we accumulate will end up in a dumpster someday or a landfill someday. But the lives that we impact, the people that we touch, the obedience calls that we've been asked to do when the Lord asks us to do things, those are the things that matter. The people that he brings in our lives, those are the people that matter. And and we get so caught up being busy. Come out. Check out That Day on June the 7th. Uh, Go out to lunch.thatday.info and check it out. You've got to hear this. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.